Pleasure Seeker Podcast. I'm your host, Lydia Feldman, sex and pleasure coach, and I'm here to remind you of your natural birthright as a pleasure seeker. So listen on and create your most turned on orgasmic life. Hola, 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 mis amigos. I am back from Mexico. We we just spent an amazing week in San Miguel de Allende, visiting family there and just loving the beautiful February high desert mountains of Mexico. It's so gorgeous there. And (laughs) we uh, both decided, Jeremy and I both decided that we wanted to get tattoos. And for whatever reason, I have one tattoo from like 15 years ago when I lived in Brooklyn and it's a little sparrow on my, you know, bicep. And I just thought, you know, I I maybe wanted a tattoo again in the future and, uh, decided, you know, I wasn't going to do anything until I like really knew the design that I wanted. So I... (laughs) waited 15 years. Cause I literally was like, I don't know. I don't know. And something happened in me. I think I'm going through like a quarter life crisis or something, <laughs> awakening, a reawakening, uh, you know, becoming a life coach and all. And I just decided when I feel the yes in my body, which is like all of what I teach and what I practice and like finding this turn on, I do not stand in the way of my own turn on. So when I felt the green light, for getting a tattoo, I was like, damn, we're going, we're going for it. And I was very quick to decide exactly what I wanted. So, um, this episode, this podcast, the reason I'm talking about this is because my experience getting a tattoo, it's basically a half sleeve down my whole left arm (laughs) and shoulder, uh, made me think a lot about pain. (laughs) Y'all, pain, pain. And I also got my septum pierced while I was there as well, you know, like right between my nose there. And so I knew I was signing up for some pain and I was in some weird way, just like totally open to it. I was like, bring it. Here we go. (laughs) So, uh, this podcast is about how I managed that pain as really like the introduction to what I want to really talk about, which is making sound, 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 noise, voice, vibration, and how your voice is actually meant to enhance your life. It's meant to temper the pain, which is what I'll talk about in a minute. And it's also here to expand your pleasure, like literally like the big vibrations that are in your body, that orgasmic energy, all of that can be amplified with your voice. So let me give you the little update on, you know, how that tattoo came to be. And, you know, I, and first of all, it's a fucking badass tattoo. It's so friggin' cool. We found this artist on Instagram and he is based out of San Miguel. His name is Salty Walt on Instagram. You can go check his stuff out. And he also has a, a tattoo studio in Denver. And his his style is like psychedelic retro art. 
like uh like imagine sailor tattoos like that vintage sailor tattoo but with psychedelic weird rainbows and peyote buttons and some mexican folk art and kind of this like nice cool trippy combination of genres and i knew i wanted something that was a piece of artwork on my body and i just knew that I didn't need to have it all planned out in my head, but I would let him kind of help shape this design with me. So I'm going to describe it quickly because it's fucking so cool. So if you can imagine, it's like a, a woman, a like that kind of 19, I don't know, 40s style uh, sailor art, you know? So she's just like a classic woman. She's like back, back bending. So her head is like by her feet. And she's in this backbendy position. She's holding a sword and she has wings all around her. And I'll put a link in these show notes so you can see a picture. Or I did a reel on it in, on Instagram. Go follow me at Mrs. Lydia Feldman on Instagram. <laughs> you can see it. Um, but then there's these flames coming up all around her. And uh, the flames are coming up out of a lotus flower. And then there's stars around her top, like around my shoulder. So the lotus is down by my elbow, shoulders, got it's like that whole sleeve. And the shape of her body, also you can see the skull. So essentially I was like, yes, I want this image of a woman like going, coming up and out of this like flaming lotus, back bending back into the flames. So she's like kind of spinning um, backwards. And to me, that's kind of life. Like you come up out of the muck and there's a beautiful flower and there's wings and there's stars and you're sort of still in the flames. And then you go right back into the flames and then you come back up into the stars and into the flames. And in some ways that is the orgasmic experience as well. In French, there's a word, um, a saying to describe your orgasm as la petite mort, which is a little death. Like your orgasm is a death and rebirth. So the symbolism was great for me. I was like, yes, I want it all. And it's really big and it's really cool. <laughs> so my adrenaline was high. The excitement was high. Yes, I was nervous about the pain. Obviously, I actually thought the septum piercing was going to be the most painful. And so I get there. This is a nine hour day. So I get my septum pierced first thing, uh, which incidentally he did it wrong. And, uh, this is not salty. Walt. this some, the one other guy that works there and it's crooked. So I might have to get it redone in, you know, very painful. It was like, huh? I cried. My nose was bleeding and, but essentially it was like fast and furious. And then it was done. I was like, okay, going to get a quick bite to eat, come back for a seven hour tattoo. Perfect. So in I just want to explain kind of the pain management techniques that I was doing, and then I'm going to relate it to sex. Don't you worry. Just relax here for story time. <laughs> so I think the first thing was I knew I needed to breathe, and I knew the more I would relax into my body, the less it would hurt. And quite literally from the beginning, if I was tense and resisting the pain, it would triple the pain. Like that, that looks like holding my breath and being like, Oh no, like that squealy tight throated, um, resistance of the pain. So I would use my breath and I would imagine just letting a long exhale out. And this is a great, you know, body grounding, calming techniques for any sort of social anxiety, which I have a lot of that too. 
any sort of um, like embodiment techniques of like during sex or pleasure or anything. It's like deep, low breaths. It signals to your body that you are safe, even though your situation might not even seem that safe, right? Like you're getting needled. (laughs) Your body's like, let's get out of here. What are you doing? So I just was long exhale. I would imagine that like each inhale, like a balloon of energy would come up and like meet that needle and kind of create a little pillow. And so it would kind of relax my body. I would imagine transferring energy like, oh, this is pain and sensation here. And I'm just going to transfer my attention into another part of my body, like squeeze my leg, tap my body, breathe into other parts of my body. You know, so essentially kind of transferring that energy, transferring my attention. I was using mind mantras um, as well. So it's like breath, body awareness, um, grounding techniques, mind. But like I was thinking, I'm a badass. I'm here. This is where I am. This is like, I. this is what I want. I'm focusing and visualizing this amazing tattoo that I'm going to have, channeling my badass self. <laughs> And I would let my body or my brain get distracted. So I think as it started getting more intense and the positive mantras weren't like slightly less believable, (laughs) I would allow myself to get distracted in a story. And quite frankly, I was pretty mad about my septum piercing. And so I was like imagining like telling them off. I was imagining like, oh, what I would say. And (laughs) I was like, this is why angry people live to like a hundred years old because there is fuel in anger, like anger. It like took me out of the pain. I was like in my story, right? Not embodied. I was not in my body. And I, and I have to say like, that was actually a a quite practical coping mechanism for the pain. And it made me really understand on some small level, like how traumatizing pain, like you disassociate from your body as a way of get getting out of the pain. Um, but I kept reminding myself, like, this is not traumatizing. I am here. I want this. Yes, it is painful. I'm not trying to pretend it's rainbows and daisies. Now, all of that worked pretty well. I was very proud of myself. And then around hour seven, hour seven and a half, I had another hour plus to go. And basically, he went through and did the whole arm with the lines all the arm with the shading. And then he was going back through and doing layers of color. So the skin was super sensitive. It was like very, it was like basically raw, you know, very raw feeling. And I was, I, I basically became a primal beast. And at this point I was like, all right, I, my brain techniques are not effective. Um, my ability to be in my body it's like, I can't go somewhere else. I can't, it's like, I can't be in the body and I can't be out of body. Right. Like my brain was mush. So I knew that resisting was totally normal. Like literally my body didn't, I don't want to be in the pain. So if it, if I had a a thought about it, I'd be like, all right, I'm done. But I also wanted to stay and finish the tattoo. So I wasn't going to leave. And I knew that resisting, fighting, holding my breath, bracing against that uh, pain was also not helpful. Like it was just making it worse. So this is when I realized my, first of all, it was like 10 out of 10 pain. And all I could associate with that was childbirth. 
I was like, oh my God, I did not quite realize childbirth level pain was going to be happening today. But what I, what made me think of that is my natural inclination to moan. And maybe this isn't totally natural because I learned it while giving birth to two different babies that it, you know, I had to go deep and low and vocalize from my pelvis. Like it wasn't like a throaty, high pitched, squealing, tight sound. It was open throat, deep in my bones, like, oh, like wild moaning, guttural sounds. And I felt primal enough that I fucking did not give a shit. I was like, we are, we are going for it. And that actually was very, very, very effective. And what's interesting is my, I would resist almost every single time he would pull the needle away. My body would just naturally start to like pull away. And my, I would crane my neck and I would like want to be away from that chair. So I had to guide myself every single breath back into the chair, back into my body. And my body was like starting to do that, like spasmy, shaky, like, uh, adrenaline kind of like cortisol rush, you know? And so I did take two breaks, I think short breaks. Cause I knew that, you know, sometimes the more uh, longer the break is the less you want to go back in. Um, so moaning really, really, really helped. And then the other thing that was very clear since I would normally want to move and that like during childbirth was super helpful, like hip circles and kind of like rolling with that vibrational sound, sound, you know, movement wasn't really an option because I wanted to be still, but the sound, like he turned the music way up and it was music that I liked and music that was kind of intense. And I could feel the vibration in my body, which felt oddly comforting. It was like something to lean upon and almost, it's like I could fix my brain on that. Like I could focus my attention on the sound and the melody of, you know, psycho killer or whatever it was playing at the time. It was like rock and roll that felt like there was a beat and I could hum to that sound, hum to the, the melody. And, you know, I was just like, Hey, we're going to go there. I don't know if other people did this. I literally have never seen it. Someone else get tattooed for seven hours. So I don't know what other people do, but that was so helpful. So as I was leaving, you know, nine hours later, I was like still shaking and super excited for the piece and just really amazed with my body's reaction. It was like really coping with what could have been traumatizing pain. If my brain was believing it was um, wrong and bad and it shouldn't be happening and it was torture, like the things that like the actual physical pain was terrible, but my brain was like, nope, we want to do this. This is okay. Non-traumatizing. But my lived experience in the body was like, what just happened? Oh my God, where am I? I'm freezing. I can't move. I'm tight. I've been in like a weird position for nine hours. So I kind of took a few days to integrate what had just happened. Like I needed so much sleep afterwards. I slept so much the next day and I was like, oh, I need a massage. I need like attention, tender, loving care. I needed aftercare uh, for this really intense physical experience. And what makes me want, like what brings this to pleasure is that it's like pain is the flip side of pleasure. 
And we have this physical experience. Our brain can kind of decide on some level, like, is this good? Is this bad? Do I want this? Is this traumatizing? Is this like green light, red light? But essentially it's sensation and our brain interprets that sensation. So part of what can help us be intentional with how to move that energy, move that sensation and create the more of the experience that we want or fight less against the spirit experiences we don't want is through using sound and vibration, music, sound, vibration. And this is something that I teach in my salons, my embodiment courses that, and like this movement piece, but with all of my one-on-one clients too, it's like, how do we invite music into our lives to help bypass the brain and just get into this, the energy, the flow, the, you know, emotions that we want to feel more of. And when it comes to managing pain, like using your voice, using your body's movement, and if possible, using sound and like music to help temper that pain. And, you know, even just thinking emotional pain, think back to the times when maybe you've been heartbroken or frustrated and the music that you are gravitating to might be really melancholy music that's just like lush and expansive and sad and you just want to like sing rage sing to that you know or you know power like kickboxing kind of big ragey music because that music helps you expand what you are feeling and puts it back in your control a little bit. Like your experience is more in your hands and you can crank up the volume. You can sing loudly. You help, it helps you move that energy, that tension in your body. So, um, how does this relate to sex lid? Seriously, what's happening? Are we talking about BDSM here? Are we talking about like whips and chains, pleasure, pain, screaming, moaning, (laughs) maybe all of it? Um, So let me first preface this by saying there is no one right way to have sex or pleasure. There's no one right decibel level or pain threshold or pleasure menu. None of it. Like Lydia, fuck off. I get it. (laughs) You get to decide, right? But What I do want to offer is the more noise you make, the more vibration in your vocal cords you make gets, allows you to experience more pleasure and temper more pain. So whether that's emotional pain or physical pain, um, that helps be a like comfort to your body to help move that, to help process the emotions. That's why you see, you know, it's so interesting, like funeral processions in other cultures that are like wailing and moaning and like really expressive physically. And that's part of a grief, like a human grieving process. So notice like if our inclination is to be quiet and to tamp down and to not be extra and not to be weird and don't make any sounds, that limits your ability to process emotions, experience pleasure and release pain. So let's make some sound. All right. So this is what I'm proposing. Bigger range, more vibration, different textures of sound, more expression. 
moaning, humming, throaty whispers like growls, talking dirty, whispering sweet nothings, speaking, but in a way that's not heady or brainy, right? So we're moving energy with vibration in your throat. And I will also mention that your throat is, let's just remember, the middle point between your head and your body. (laughs) So sometimes if we feel like we're really disconnected from the body, your throat is a great place to start connecting in. Literally, it's like the bridge, right? (laughs) Um, So let's try this. First, we're going to start with not sex sounds, not sexy time, non-erotic vocalizations in the way that, you know, we don't have to be like weird about it. We're just going to be like, oh, how can I be more interested in the sounds I'm making or not making? So the first thing is just notice. Notice the amount of sound that you make. And if you're naturally like a more quiet person, I'm not saying you have to go like screaming off the rooftops or anything, but just notice if you're holding back, if you like clamp down at all, the sounds you might be making, because this is how I know I'm in anxiety. I feel this like tension in my throat, like, I don't know. and I, I'm always like, oh, there's my cue to breathe, open up and like get into my body. So just notice, notice if you're holding your breath, notice if there's tightness, notice if you're biting your tongue, like what a great expression. It's like holding back. And not to say you just blurt everything out, but there is some energetic holding in your throat. So let's just start with making some gentle open throat sounds like relax your belly, relax your shoulders and audible sighs, humming, murmuring to yourself, singing to yourself, trilling, making sounds up and down the scale, like low belly sounds up into up the back of the spine, up the back of the throat into vibrating the crown of your head, vibrating your skull, just noticing this big range that affects you in your whole body literally vibrating you, but also emotionally affecting you too. play with pitch, play with volume, play with texture, play with, uh, practicing your accents, which of course I always love. (laughs) And, you know, like noticing how you can add that into your day on a normal basis, just like, Oh, how can my expression be part of my expansion? Okay. And then during sex, like in general, Notice if you're doing the same thing, if it's very quiet, if you're terrified of waking the kids up, if you are like, don't make any sounds, don't make any noise, don't, don't like express yourself. If there's that holding back and a tightening of your throat, that tightening of your throat relates to a tightening of your diaphragm, holding your breath, especially, which also relates the diaphragm and the pelvic floor are like mirrors of each other. If there's dysfunction and tightness in one, then it might not be fully functional, but in a, in a well-oiled machine, a deep breath expands and relaxes your pelvic floor and vice versa. Like the exhale lifts the pelvic floor. So there's this like nice, open, flexible breath that affects the pleasure and blood circulation within your pelvis. So keep breathing. 
As you make more sounds, it encourages more breath. So listen to your breath. Make a louder breath. Let it be more in sync with your partner. You know, if they can hear your breath and you can hear their breath, it's like getting in sync with each other. And, you know, what sounds might come up will be primally driven. In the same way, like in my dazed primal state of hour 7.5, getting this tattoo, I was like, all right, my body's going to let me know the sounds that help. And I'm going to stay in tune with that. And so that might be animal sounds. It might be like laughing. It might be loud laughing. It might be anything in between, growling, screaming, laughing, all of it. And if you want to add words, that can be talking dirty. It can be using like uh, speaking out fantasy. It can be words of confirmation to your partner. Um, I like this. I want this. Yes. No more. Um, moaning, all of those things of really getting in sync with your partner. And if this is during solo, solo sex, right. You or self-pleasure. You can just play with, um, what sounds your body just wants to make and just play with it. Um, and of course, if you're self-conscious, grab a pillow, like let it be muffled, let it be um, still moving, and you can kind of play with that range with what you're comfortable with. And then the other piece is why I think really allowing your, your voice to be this conduit of orgasmic energy in your body. And this is kind of like the expansive pleasure piece. Um, so imagine... Imagine you're like, like if your orgasm is a 10 to climax and one is zero, like there's no arousal whatsoever. As you start nearing climax, like let's say you're up at that like six, seven range and you start kind of that feeling where you start leaning in and you're like, okay, it's coming, right? Imagine just taking a deep breath, relaxing through your pelvic floor and making sound in that like, oh, letting that sound be low and then making a higher pitch sound and imagining that vibration, that energy coming up your throat, up into your chest and throat and feeling like you're literally pulling vibration up from your pelvis, up into your throat, out your mouth and vibrating through your crown, your head. So that is a breath and it might slow your um, orgasmic climax down, which is a perfect thing. It expands your pleasure. It's like smearing that orgasmic yes, that energy throughout your whole body. It's like you pull it up, 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 up and out beyond your body. And it will sort of feel like a plateau and then lift back up again and a little plateau. And you can play with using that energy through your whole body. So it's not this sharp climax and then sharp decline into sleep. So it expands you. It connects you deeper into your pleasure and it connects you deeper with your partner. And ultimately, this is like the most human quality. And we can just take a step back and notice how often we, as women especially, don't speak up or speak words that don't match what our body is experiencing. 
that either like lash out, but don't feel that don't like allow for like the tenderness that you might, or the vulnerability you might be feeling, or you say yes, but your body is saying no, or you want to yell out in pleasure and like feel this like laughing, giggling, sparkling, raging fire within, but your brain is like, yeah, that's weird. That's a weird sound. Don't do that. Or like someone will hear you or what will your partner think? Even your husband that you've been married to for a long time, maybe it's like, that's weird. I don't want to do that. That's unusual. So we just want to hear the brain in action. You don't have to like unravel it all and just give yourself the option to make more sound. And if that's helpful to, you know, have a pillow nearby or ways to muffle the sound, um, practice this at a hotel room when you don't give a flying fuck who hears, you can practice it, um, in other spaces where it just doesn't feel so maybe vulnerable, even as your own home or during the day when no one's home, you can also, you know, prepare your partner like, Hey, I just want to like get like more vocal. I feel so. I just want to like make some sounds. Are you just so you know, are you, are you cool with that? You know? So you can include them in this process of being, being more present with your voice. So my friends, that is, that is my request and invitation for you today. Make a little noise, get a little rowdy, get a little creative vocally. And even if you just let your hand be on your throat, just feel how that vibration is. And that vibration, it's like our bodies are meant to vibrate. They're meant to resonate. And the more we play with that, the more fun and pleasure we can have. And the more comfort we have for all of the trials <laughs> and pain we will inevitably experience. All right, my friends, check me out on Instagram. I'll tag the reel down below, Lydia, oh, at Mrs. Lydia Feldman on Instagram. Okay. Peace, y'all. Talk to you soon. Adios. Hey, I'd love to hear from you and know what pleasure topics you want to hear more about. Also, if you're curious about one-on-one -on -one coaching or any of my group coaching salons, message me on Instagram at Mrs. Lydia Feldman for a consultation and see how pleasure coaching can transform your life.